In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You heard Jesus' words about how things would be after him. It was St. Paul, along with us, who live in these days. We heard of difficulties for St. Paul, for us as well, but also a note of faithfulness. When we think about these things, I suppose it's best you're seated. We began a journey in the book of Acts a long time ago on Pentecost. We've continued, actually about the 13th time now, although we're going to circle back one more time, the Acts of the Apostles, which really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. We certainly see that at play as we heard read from a couple of chapters in the life of Paul. I want you to think about something. Look at this picture and in your mind, Do you know what it is? Look hard. Maybe look long if you need to. Scratch your head or whatever you need to do. Try to identify just what that is. I guess it could be a lot of different things, couldn't it? Close-up view? Who knows? But now look. Look at it side by side with the very same thing, but from a different perspective. And it's not hard to identify what's on the right. I mean, that's a comb. Something many of you use often, needed. Others of us, eh, maybe not so much. Not really. But you see, the point is perspective. It depends on where you stand, how close you are, how you see things. And that different perspective of the comb makes it easier to identify that particular object. Up close, who knows where we would go. We've been talking, in large part, the book of Acts has been dealing with Paul along with the other apostles. And today we heard about what was leading up to Paul's final days. His final days, recorded in the last couple of chapters yet of the book of Acts, but what you heard It was a prelude to the very final part of his life before the authorities. You know, I couldn't help but wonder and think that as we read such things, that it very much reflects Jesus. You know, Jesus' final days, where the Gospels tell us he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Do you remember that? He was resolute. He knew he had to go. He knew that he must go because he knew his mission from God. He knew your need and mine, and he went to meet that need and accomplish what we need, a reconnection with God through the forgiveness of sins that he won. Paul, same thing, at least to the point of being resolute. He knew, led by the Holy Spirit, he had to go to Jerusalem. He knew that that was part of his mission. He knew that he would have opportunity, no matter what, to speak about Jesus, his work, his accomplishments, his grace, his love for everyone, including those in authority. Like Jesus, he had a tough time getting there. It was a tough time along the way, 
persecution verbally, physically, thrown in prison, about to be flogged, and it wasn't the first time such things happened to Paul. But we heard about these final stages as he was about to complete his mission. Perspective. Have you ever wondered and experienced how you hear God's word in different circumstances? I mean, it's one thing to be here in worship or online and to hear God's word. And with the circumstances in which you find yourself, you hear God's word, maybe a little bit differently than on another occasion in another place with other people. Things perhaps ring differently, not necessarily more true, but given what's happening all around. And that includes people. Whether it's a spouse, if you have one, whether it's family, whether it's grandchildren, whether it's a neighbor, a friend, someone who is not open, does not have faith, we hear the words differently. The perspective changes even in our hearts. And I think of this particularly in the, the circumstance of a funeral. Been to one or two or more? I figure three to four hundred I've been to and conducted. And what I've noticed is a difference in perspective. It starts with me. It starts always with me as I am with other people, many of whom I don't know. As I look at them, I try to figure what needs to be said, how it needs to be said. And the perspective, knowing that they've come to remember someone whom they've known, perhaps more likely than not loved, maybe not at all, to hear God's word. And they have a perspective that is different than what you and I have as we gather here again and again. Perspective. Talk about funerals. You hear of eulogies, right? You know the word eulogy? It means to speak well. And I've never been to a funeral where somebody hasn't spoken well of the person who's lived and died. I don't know that I want to go to any other, but it certainly would be interesting. Maybe a movie. But that's often what perspective we get from that person who leads. How great the person was, at least how good that person was. And then we've got the perspective in such circumstance of God of God and his goodness, a different kind of good word, eulogy, to bring that to people who either know it and long to hear it again. You know, I love to tell this story. It has been going around in my mind all week because we just sang it not too long ago. But whether believer or unbeliever, that story is told about God's goodness, how it touched, we pray, the person who lived and died. And that brings a whole new light to thing. And then there are those of us who bring the two together. The good word about the person in light of and in connection with the good word about God. What he did, what he does in our life today. Well, there's a lot of ways to look at funerals. There's another. 
you know, we look, we talk, we think from different angles, and I don't know if you've thought of that angle before, seen that picture? You know, they say you can't take it with you. <laughs> Looks like somebody didn't believe it or is trying to do otherwise. That's a perspective. Pretty readily, pretty understandably, not so true. Not true at all. You can't take it with you. Or can you? Well, at least some people would think and wonder that. But here, here's an important distinction. And this poster is similar to what I see often. When I go to the Y, work out and swim, I get a chance to look at these words and they, they resonated with me. You catch them? An inheritance is what you leave with people. We all know about inheritances, what we pass on. Hopefully not a lot of debt, maybe some other things of some value. That's an inheritance. But look, a legacy is what you leave in them. It's non-material. A legacy is something that's caught and remains with the person in heart, in mind, in disposition, as an example, as an empowerment for living. In that regard, we have to ask the question, what about Paul in his final What about the perspective as we look at him? What he said, what he did, how his life unfolded. I tried to put into words what his legacy might be. Single words. You know, I think some people might say, that man was a troublemaker. I mean, everywhere he went, there were problems, beginning with him being an enemy of Christians. Do you remember? We looked, we read in the early chapters of Acts how he went about persecuting Christians, turning them over to the authorities, putting them in jail, and all the rest. And when the Lord got a hold of him, the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, whole new perspective dawned on him as blinded by the light, literally and spiritually blinded, Jesus opened his eyes, opened his eyes to a different perspective, God's goodness, the reality, the purpose, the truth about Jesus. As Jesus himself made himself known and commissioned Paul to his ministry. Yeah, so troublemaker. But, you know, on the other side of things, I think one way to look at Paul's legacy would be the word grace. Grace. You know, that man, he knew what he deserved and what he didn't deserve. He knew what he had been doing. He knew what he didn't believe, but yet God gave him what he didn't deserve. He gave him a faith that he couldn't generate. That is grace. That is God's love without qualification. That's God's love connected to Jesus and the purpose God sent him to this earth. Grace. It sounds wonderful to say the word, and it's even better than what the word sounds. By grace, I'm saved through faith. Not deserving it, but receiving it that way. I guess if there's another word, the legacy of Paul could be called that of a missionary. He received that grace. He owned it. God implanted in him with a mission. 
Do you remember what that word means? To be sent. To go. The disciples followed and then they became apostles sent to share the word in Paul. Number 13, so to speak. And he got the commission from Jesus himself to be a missionary. To share what he had found, grace. To deliver it to people again and again. To see their lives transformed by the goodness of God. No matter who they were, no matter what they did, no matter what their station in life. Grace. Missionary. And I suppose another word could be faithfulness. Faithfulness comes to mind as we begin to see the end of the book of Acts. Read and hear about, as we did this morning, the unfolding, the final unfolding of Paul's life. He hung in there. He was perseverant in his faith all through his life. Not only did he cause trouble, but sent by Jesus, he endured it. Verbally, physically, shipwrecked, flogging, you name it, Paul received it as a price, as a price for his faith, as a price for following Jesus. Just like Jesus said when he talked, we heard read in Luke chapter 21. That's what happens. Paul understood. Paul persevered. Paul was faithful, even unto death, to the point where we haven't read yet, but where standing and giving his final witness, faithful unto death, to receive soon he was the crown of life. So, what about you? What about me? What about our legacy? You know, when I was young, and maybe you too, you don't think much about that. Other things predominate, other things on our mind. We go about business maybe day to day, maybe month to month, and perhaps some goals down the road. We're not so much thinking about what it's going to be like looking back over our shoulder or how others would do that. We get a little bit older, yeah, we start thinking about what are we going to leave behind. Maybe as an inheritance, the stuff that we've accumulated. Maybe, more importantly, our legacy. Wondering, maybe not preoccupied with it, I mean, that's not necessarily good, but aware of it and conscious of it. What could be your legacy? Here's something. I experienced, maybe you have, or think about it now. Write your own obituary. Anybody ever challenge you with that? I remember a long time ago, learning to deal with people going through grief and such. I and others were challenged. Write your own obituary. Fun? <laughs> well, it can be, if you make it that. Challenging? Absolutely. What do you put? What, do, what does somebody else put in an obituary? Birth date, death date, family, what you did, what you accomplished, where you worked, you know, all those kinds of things. Legacy. Is that a part of the obituary you imagine? The one that somebody might write about you? That's an important thing to think about maybe even an important example. Why don't you go home and try doing that? 
either as you wish or as you think someone else might do it about you. Perspective, helpful, important. Our legacy, like Paul's, could be troublemaker, <laughs> although I hope it's not in a bad kind of way. But certainly, I would hope and pray that our legacy could be contained in the word grace. God's love. Not that I had it coming, but that I received it. That I received God's love in Jesus, lived with it and lived by it, and shared it in my life. Maybe a legacy could be like it was for Paul when he wrote to Timothy, the words that we use when we sing it, chief of sinners, though I be. He understood who he was, what he deserved, but he also understood what God had done for him in Jesus. Chief of sinners, though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me, died that I might live on high, live that I might never die. Those two in juxtaposition, but those two all part of the same story, the same truth. It reminds me of that great chapter, one of my favorite, the book of Hebrews, you know, that talks about all the, the great ancestors we have in faith. There's one that stands out to me because it puts it so pointedly, I think. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Listen, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. His faith still speaks. There's a legacy. Another way to put it, to remember it. And you know, it's not only we who have or will have legacies. God's got a legacy too. He's left us with something inside. It's demonstrated outside, but something inside. And that is, he so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Something to hold on to, mind, heart, all together. Or by grace, there it is again, you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. A gift, God's legacy to us. A grace that Paul received and lived by, one that is ours as well. And you know, really, when you talk about God's legacy, connecting with the book of Acts, these, this is the gift of the Holy Spirit, his legacy to us. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit who's behind all of this in the book of Acts. It's the Holy Spirit who's behind all of this in your life and in mine. He's at work in and through us, like he was with Peter, Paul, and all the rest we've been reading and talking about. This is a life we live of sanctification, living the legacy, living what God has done in us. You know, there's that phrase among us here at St. Michael, connecting people with Jesus. Great phrase, great truth, something to keep in the forefront. But you know, there's more than one connection point in this whole dynamic of God. Connecting people to Jesus is important as the source of our rescue. But understand, Jesus is the one who connected us to God. 
by his work as he brought us together with him, heaven to earth and earth to heaven, coming together in the one Jesus Christ. And the legacy of God the Holy Spirit, who connects us to the work of Jesus and opens up life to be able to live, be lived more than just the ordinary day by day. I want you to think about what your legacy is or would be. Hopefully you're already thinking about it. Think differently than you do day by day. I know how I think too often just day by day and even moment by moment. Think differently, step back and think about Jesus. And think about your connections with God because of Jesus through the power of the Spirit. You know, legacy, it depends on three things at least. It depends on other people what they've sensed, what they've experienced, what, what, what they think, right? In a certain degree, we can't control that. But we can, in some ways, control our legacy by our intent, by the way in which we live, by the power of that Holy Spirit. And certainly it is the Holy Spirit who has worked and who shapes that legacy, whether it's in the hearts of people whom we know the lives of those whom we don't know, ultimately, he has our legacy in hand. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the Holy Spirit are in the acts of those who follow him. Paul, you, and me, through Jesus. Amen.